Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. This is Hunter Pulaski alongside Brad Burkaw. We are brought to you by Reed Furniture. Whatever your furniture need, it is Reed indeed. In this week's episode, Sony Open is in the books. The Hawaii swing is done. We are headed back towards the mainland. Grayson Murray wins in dramatic fashion. We'll break that down. We have the Amex, the American Express, taking place this week on three different golf courses. We'll talk about those golf courses alongside, along with some, some true strokes gain data um, to back up our claims as far as who we think is going to win. And finally, much awaited, we'll break down some um, golf trips that we've went on over the last month. But first, Brad, Grayson Murray wins Again, on the PGA Tour, I believe this is his second PGA Tour win, first in a very long time. <sighs> Say something nice. Say something nice. If, if I ever did, make sure that you do the blink twice if you're being held hostage <laughs> test. So, I, now, I, I don't like this guy. I'll just, I'll be outright. I'll say it. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't like him. So this is a tricky one. This is a very tricky. This is this is year twenty twenty four, and I think we have to we have to tiptoe here. I take substance abuse very seriously. I think that's like a, I think that's a very big issue. I think mental health, very big issue in this country in any country, but especially it seems like around the United States this this year things are just it's just not not ideal right now. I he's he's still an asshole regardless before the substance abuse regardless of the substance abuse he's still a huge asshole and it almost feels so, like he's like hiding behind it a little bit which isn't true because i think he did have a problem but come on this guy stinks yeah so important important to note that obviously yes substance abuse mental health those are all very important issues that are not to be taken lightly they do not, however, give you the right to be an asshole. It doesn't matter. I get like that you, that things can happen in your life and stress can induce you to do things that you regret, but there's the part of regret that I think this guy misses. Yeah. Is that like like oftentimes that that happens to everybody, right? You get a little overheated, you might say something you don't mean, but then later you go back and you apologize, you're you're apologetic. This guy's just an asshole. He doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have that apologetic side to him from my from what I've I mean obviously I don't know him personally but from the persona he gives off to the public. No, that, that exactly, and that's I I started to do a whole list of of unfortunately just with him winning the the news the news cycles are all of of his success stories and you can't it's much harder to find the all of the 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 bad things he did but like the he's went on so many like tweet rampages and there's no doubt maybe he was just early on like hating the pga tour but he he said some things about the pga tour and it, he's just he's just very he just feels very childish and i think it i mean i think it probably happens to many guys where he wins he wins his rookie year he thinks he's the hottest thing since sliced bread and like, like newsflash you're, you're not and and that's just like kind of how cookie crumbles, but he played at three colleges. Like that just has to be a sign that you're, how do you, how do you get sent to three different colleges? That's just having a little too much fun. 
So I'm trying to think back on when my distaste for Grayson Murray started. And I think, like, didn't he have some kind of incident with maybe, was it Kevin Na? Did him and Kevin Na get into it? Yes. And I think that's when it finally, I was like, all right, this guy stinks. Yes. Like, like, it wasn't that long ago. Over the, the range, were they at the range or? Yeah. Let me, uh, let me quickly pull it up. Cause I, I do remember this. So, all right. I just, I just Googled, um, Grayson Murray, Kevin Nye, and this is actually kind of funny. The first thing that comes up is an Essentially Sports article. Top three times Grayson Murray was golf's biggest bad boy is the name of the article. <laughs> uh, but it does talk about the Kevin Nye feud. It was at the Sony Open in 2022. Wow. He talked about Nye's slow play. That's right. Yep, That's, he, he, yeah, he said, yeah, that was one of his Twitter incidents. Kevin Nye taking three minutes to putt them does get old. And now I reply to you missing the cut. It's getting old. <laughs> Just a very like dad thing. Very dad comment. <laughs> Which um, objectively, I mean, I've already said I don't, I don't love Grace and Murray. So I'll pile on. I won't care. I found it hilarious how on Twitter, there are so many people that will comment on like, he's, they'll say like, you don't work on the weekends or something like, like that's, they, they somehow narrow it. You know how, like with JJ Watt, he had that thing that the barstool people did where they said like, uh, hey, JJ. Yep. Or, or something. That's like kind of, I think that's Grayson Murray's thing is people loop into whatever he's saying, how he somehow doesn't work on the weekends. And it's <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he uh, has obviously, without a doubt, has had his struggles. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to not commend him for, for that. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm going to start, I'm going to start loving the guy saying nice things about him. I think he has been playing uh, some fantastic golf, and I was just trying to find, so just looking at his his data over the last, I mean, just this week, he gained three shots in the field across the board. Um, the biggest being um, OTT, which is off, so off the tee, he's been, he was 1.29. They didn't have any data for the time he won in the Corn Ferry, and then they didn't have any data for the second time he went on the Corn Ferry. But finished T6 uh, middle of last summer on the Corn Ferry and gained almost two shots across the field. So it feels like this was kind of coming with his two wins last year in the Corn Ferry Tour to get himself the automatic exemption. Um, just wish it didn't come this early. Really didn't. Because there were two other guys that I feel like I, bo- I said both of their names last week in in uh, Ben On and Keegan Bradley that had their chances, Ben on and choose a 64 on Sunday to get into a playoff. And then Grayson Murray makes the, the 39, 40 footer for birdie. And then Kevin or not Kevin, sorry, Ben on has a four footer to extend the playoff and misses it. Makes oh. you, he, he might be one four footer away from going back to the, to traditional putting. Makes you think those kind of putts make you think. I mean, Ben, if we're missing those ones, what are we doing? What are we doing with the long one? So uh, it was it was an exciting event. Uh, always love the play. Always love the playoff. Gotta love the playoff. However, yes. Maybe just different different finish next week. This feels this yeah. is this is very tough to to say like to any of what I'm saying right now just to say it. Yeah, I think I think that that there's multiple things that can be true. I think. I think the golf can be good and it was good and the playoff is exciting. That can be true. 
I think it be, can be true that we could be happy for Grayson Murray for overcoming his his um, battles that he's been dealing with. That can that can also be true. It can also be true that we can be sad that Grayson Murray won a golf tournament. All of those things I think can can coexist in harmony. Absolutely, uh, which I think they, uh, which I think uh, unfortunately they do. Uh, and then just to round out the uh, the remainder of the leaderboard, uh, we'll do top seven. So those top the previously three mentioned names, uh, obviously Ben on and Keegan finished T second. Uh, Carl Yoon finished T fourth alongside Russell Henley. JT Poston finished solo sixth, and then Nick Taylor and Emiliano Grillo finished T seventh. And then um, just because we're earlier in the earlier in the year, I think it makes sense to to start tracking this. Just looking at the, I just wanted to do the top five of uh, the FedEx Cup standings every week just to kind of see how things shape up throughout the year. So uh, obviously with his sign- signature event win, Chris Kirk is in first place alone with 744 points. And then Ben on uh, after a two really good weeks is second place. Grayson Murray third after his win. Saith Tagala after his soul or his second place at the century. And then Miss Cut this past week is in fourth place. JT Poston is tied for fifth alongside your boy Jordan Spieth. JT played two good weeks, and then uh, Jordan obviously played well at the Century. So we will keep we will keep an eye on that as the season unfolds. So I'd like to make a comment on that really quick, if I may. Yeah, I, I find that I find I don't know how you feel. I find that top five very interesting. Outside of Grayson Murray, I don't think that he will last long. But there's some names on there of some guys that I could see having a good year, starting off well, and maybe they won't finish in the top five, but finish in, I'll say, career career highs. I think there's some real promising dudes on that. that oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, as, as far as, so like, Sahith, I think, is... I think Sahith, J, I really like JT Poston. Yeah. Um, for Spieth, I, I, I mean, I'll just say I don't think it's, like, that's more of a name that you would see at the in the higher up ranking of the FedEx Cup and not think twice about it, I guess, depending on I mean, even when he was bad, like he's just it's just Jordan Spieth. But Chris Kirk, obviously another one, like Ben on. Ben on, I, I could see him having a great year. So really the those those guys, I, I I think I could see all of them having starting off hot and maybe having a career career year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um <clears throat> Any other any other takeaways from the Sony? I thought the golf course looked awesome. The Walleye Country Club is is very cool looking. I didn't know it was a Seth Rayner course um, until Wednesday or Thursday. But so for a lack of knowing Hawaii like at all, were you anywhere near that course when you were there? Is that on like a different island or how does that all? No, it's on a different island. It's on that's on. Um, I will be. I will be bludgeon to death if i don't know this properly that's that would be honolulu this one is honolulu which is oahu or? which is the top it's the one that's the highest north so uh I thought. So, so let's see here yeah it is oahu yep oahu, oahu yep. yep oahu because the other one's maui yeah that's the other one that's popular that people go to and then we were on the far south so you were on Hawaii. You were on the big island. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Got it. Okay. So yes, I was um always always a fun couple stops. I do like I mean this is just it feels like it's 
it's more important now that it's it's the beginning of the schedule and you have the century importing it off to a good start. So I could see a world where I want to say we had, there are 15 guys that played both these past two weeks and now we're playing again at the Amex. And I see a world where it gets higher and higher um, just with how important it is to get off to a good start. So excited to see over the next couple of years how, how things unfold. Moving on to the American Express Championship. We have a 156-player field with the PGA West course being the host course, the main host course, uh, hosting one of the first three rounds as well as the Sunday round. Uh, we also have La Quinta, La Quinta Country Club as well as uh, Jack Nicholas Tournament Course, Jack Nicholas something, something Jack Nicholas Golf Course, um, which will make up the last of the 18 holes. Um, very easy golf courses, all par 72, longest one being like 7,100 yards. Uh, extremely, extremely scorable. Um, there is no weather issues in this part of California this time of year. Um, it should be like 70s and very calm. The scoring average are, scoring averages are always extremely low, and this is the tournament where a couple years ago John Rahm called it an effing putting contest, which it proves to be year in and year out. They're just it's so short. It's it's how close you can hit it and and how many putts you can make because these greens, La Quinta and uh, PGA West National are the fifth and sixth smallest greens on the PGA Tour rotation. So you need to, and then the Jack Nicklaus course is like 7,000 yards. So that one should be easy to hit greens. And then on these two courses, very important to hit greens. I don't think there's no shot length data at La Quinta Country Club or the Jack Nicklaus course. So we're just looking at PGA West for uh, shot length data. Let me quickly pull up the... Odds board. So looking at before we dive into kind of some shot, some um, some true strikes, true strokes data, just the odds board, and I actually have a pretty deep one today. Uh, Sky Scheffler leading the way at, at five five and a half to one. Patrick Cantlay at nine to one. Xander Shoffley at eleven to one. Sung Jay at twenty to one. Justin Thomas at twenty two. Min Woo Lee at twenty five. Tom Kim at twenty eight. Eric Cole at thirty. Uh, Sam Burns at 30, along with JT Poston, Tony Finau at 35, Wyndham Clark at 40, Jason Day at 40, Chris Kirk at 50, Taylor Montgomery at 50, Cameron Cam, Cam Davis at 55, alongside Adam Hadwin and Siwoo Kim, and then Ashke Batia at 60 to one. Uh, the reason I went so far, a couple names that we have to mention, and just first off, I can't believe we, didn't, we haven't talked about this earlier. Reports of Wyndham Clark going to live. Crazy. Not, yeah. not to get too off track, but that's a. Uh, they're just, let's let's they're, hash that open real quick. They're just picking us off. Can I just, I just got to first say how much I hate all of this. I think I, I hate it from a fan perspective. Obviously, it makes too much sense from there, from a professional standpoint. Like, why wouldn't you leave? Why wouldn't you get the money if the inevitable outcome is that these are going to come together? Um, but yeah, it would it, that would be a huge blow. I, I think that I think John Rahm was a massive punch. This would almost come to like a 
sort of a knockout. They would have three of the last four major winners. Yeah. They would just need Brian Harmon. And <laughs> yeah. they have all of them. It it is it it's, it just goes to show like the the recipe to getting paid is just you have to win a major and then you just got five years of five years of yep. freedom. And it's not great. It's really not great. I don't think and I I don't think I would tell this to Wyndham's face, but I don't think Wyndham like moves the needle nearly as much as John Rahm, obviously. That's not like groundbreaking information. But it, it just I think it just shows a bigger the bigger problem of how of where we are with this and then the fact that they can just they can win and then say see you later. And the the PJ Tour's hands are so tied right now. What are they supposed yeah, to do? I'm, They're just gonna I lose mean, all these guys? Every every player undoubtedly wants to win a major. The best way to qualify for majors currently is to play on the PGA Tour. Once you win one, though, you're in for it. You've got five more cracks at it to win again, and you can go and make ten times as much money. So, they, yeah, they've got a bad recipe going on here. I think the only thing that really – I mean, there's really – the only fix is they got to come together or you'd have to have – you have to somehow convince the majors to exclude past winners. Even they'd have to exclude live guys, even if they're past winners. And that would be the only thing that would stop the bleeding, but that's not going to happen. So, and well, yeah, get, then at that point, they're not even, they're not majors. Yeah. Right. They're the PGA, that, they're the PGA tour majors, but exactly. you, they've taken too many players where now you, I don't think, I think before the majors could have, the masters could have like set the tone maybe, but then I don't think, cause that's invitation, but I don't think you could, you could have never have, have said no to the open or to the U S open. Both of those, I mean, just they're, the whole point of them is an open championship. So maybe it forced me to go qualify, but now that they have so many guys, it's like, well, well, you're not going to have, you're not going to have three of the last four major champions playing in your event. Yep. Tough, no tough good. spot. So I saw that I saw that break yesterday. I don't know um, how far along the process they are, but definitely, uh, definitely worth mentioning. Uh, the other reason I brought it up is I love two guys this week. I love Siwoo Kim and I love Adam Hadwin, and I love them both a lot. And they're both at fifty-five to one, and more importantly, they're both at uh, plus two ten to top twenty. Reason why I love them, uh, Siwoo Kim. Or starting with, did I lose it somewhere in here? Oh, um, for some reason I thought I had information on. Oh, right here. Uh, so uh, Siwoo Kim, he was twenty twenty one champion. Uh, added a T eleventh in twenty twenty two, T twenty two in twenty twenty three. He's averaged sixty seven point one seven across all three golf courses in his last twelve rounds. Uh, also, he is one of the fifteen guys that has played both Hawaii swings or both Hawaii stops and here. And then uh, Adam Hadwin, he's uh, eight for eight here, making the cut three top three finishes. He's a tie six and he has, and then three other top 25s in those eight starts. So those are two guys that I I really, really like. Um, JT Poston seems like that's a name that makes a lot of sense. Don't we have some true strokes gain data that backs up that claim? For JT Poston, along with the with the putting and the the strokes gained approach. So looking 
looking at uh, JT Poston, in the last six months, his true stake strokes gained approach is fourth in this field of, of guys that are in this field. And one of the biggest contributors to low scores on this golf course is approach. Uh, guys that finished top 10 over the last several years have gained just over a shot uh, on the field in approach. So seeing post in there and then putting, he is first over the last six months at gaining just about a shot, um, which also is a contributing factor for putting. They gained just under a shot. Top 10 finishers did over the last several years. So that's a name I, I really, really like. And he is, where was JT, JT Poston on? And he's at 30 to 1. And I think that's great, great, great value there. He feels like he's about to break through. Yeah, any, other guy, any guys that you really like? Yeah, so I've uh, I have two as well um, that I had on my radar for this week. First one, Tom Kim. Um, he didn't putt very well at the Century, which was uncharacteristic of him as of late, but uh, was able to keep up his his form with his approach shots, uh, true strokes gains, almost gaining a stroke on an approach. was losing a stroke putting, though, at the century, which is he usually gains about a stroke on on the putting surface. So that's a guy that I'd like to see play well this week. He's only played here twice. I did not play in 22. He did play in 21 and 23. 21 wasn't a great showing for him. Um, it's a few years ago, though. He's pretty young then. Last year, however, he did have a top... 10 for he plays t6 so tom kim is a guy that i like this week you can actually get him um for a top 10 even at plus 280 so if you're not feeling comfortable with the the outright i still see some some solid value with him for a top 10 finish uh the second guy i had on my list who i actually saw that you also put in your notes here was sung jm you wrote Sungjae Im 5 of 5 with T18 being his worst finish. That is absolutely correct. Uh, he's played here every year since 2019, and he has finished T12, T10, T12, T11, and T18. He's also just been playing well. Uh, he played well at the Century, played well at the Zozo. I know a lot of time has passed between the Century and the Zozo, but I think that it's in indicative of how well he has been maintaining form despite so much time lapsing with him able to place in the top five at the century. So um, another guy that I, that I would keep an eye on this week, Sung J.M. You can also find him for positive value with a top 10 finish. So plus 230, Sung J.M. top 10. So if you're not feeling that outright, I'd say go ahead and, and uh, throw something on the top 10. Yeah. Uh, one more name I, I feel like I have to mention just with, with how he played at the Century. Uh, Chris Kirk obviously won at the Century, but I didn't realize um, the success he had last year here. He finished in solo or T3rd alongside Xander Shoffley. Uh, he gained shots in every single category last year at this tournament. So that's a name. And then also just given form last year, uh, Brad has mentioned Tom Kim already, but JT Poston finished T6 here last year, gained gained shots everywhere um, except off the tee. And he gained, yeah, 1.24 shots, putting 
1.15 shots approach. So definitely uh, some course history to back it up for those guys. Let me see. So that that's kind of, those are the names that I really like. And I, I think this is actually a really good tournament to, to bet on. There's some really good history to, to back up these picks and to why they'll, why they'll play well. Very curious to see one more, one more note I did have is poor like Justin Thomas hasn't played in this event in nine years. They talk about a little bit of, he better, he needs to like put up or shut up starting, starting here in two days. Like he's just got to play better. Uh, you, yeah. You can't, he's being forced to play in the Amex. So it's a top two, tier player. Two comments on what you just said. First off, I, uh, I think that there is some, so you've, you've probably heard me say many times on this podcast, like, uh, this, this leaderboard, I don't know what to make of it. Like it's hard to make a pick this week. I really love all the picks that, that we just listed off. I, I love them. Mm -hmm. I think this is a great betting weekend. And then Justin Thomas, if I would have told you, we'll say, we'll say like during lockdown, during COVID that in less than five years we would have Kevin Kisner on the call and Justin Thomas playing in the Amex. Would you have believed me? No, no. I mean, no. <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to make of it. I'm not, I'm not exactly saying like this is, I don't think he goes nearly low enough to, to compete at this tournament. I just need to see him like play well. This is just the stepping stones. Like he's not, I don't know. He's not in Riviera unless like they're absolutely, he's getting an invite from Tiger, like a little secret, there is a, there is a sponsor exemption, a, a, an invitation waiting for Justin Thomas's name, regardless. But the fact that he's not even in any of the signature events right now is just hard to even imagine out loud. To that he's, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it's not like he hasn't won since 2017 either. Like that was obviously when he was at his peak as far as number of wins, but he still has won a major since then. But it's a tough year, and it, maybe it just goes to show how quickly things can just, how quickly things can fall. And then also very, uh-huh. very excited to see Sky Scheffler, uh, where he will have, he might quite literally have seventy-two looks at ten footers for birdie, this week, and it'll just be a, te- it'll just be a true test to see how many of those he can make. It's crazy to say that it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't. I've seen crazier things happen. All right, that's that's probably all I have for uh, the American Express. I would like to hear about your your golf in Naples. Yeah. Um, so went down to Naples uh, almost over a week or two weeks ago. Week ago, I went. We went down on a Saturday last Saturday, um, and. Ended up leaving on Thursday. I had to leave early to escape the absolute apocalypse that we're experiencing here in Michigan. Was still able to play some golf. Uh, so my in-laws have a place down there in Naples, and they live right on a par three course. So it was actually kind of cool. It's like a condominium, and all of the condos surround are like are in a circular area, and in the middle is a par three course, and you can just kind of walk out you don't really need to like make a tea time or anything you just go check in and play and 
they weren't long holes, like anywhere from 80 to 150 yards, but it was nice to get out and swing. So we did that a, a few times. Um, but the, the main course or really the only course that we ended up getting to play, I ended up having to actually work a lot. So we only got to play one time, but I got to play at Tiburon. Um, and for those who think that might sound familiar, that is the course that they just played the Grant Thornton at not too long ago. Um, and man, what a cool experience getting to play that course. It was very difficult. Um, as you can imagine, it was, it was kept, it was in a, amazing shape. I don't know if they were quite keeping it up to the tournament level shape that they had it in, but the fairways were just so, so were cut so clean. Um, the rough, it was just, it was amazing. The greens were lightning fast and they rolled so true. Um, the, the one thing that I noticed a lot about that course, and maybe this is just Florida golf in general, and you would have a better idea than myself since you've played golf in Florida more than I have. There were so many holes where the runoff from the green, it like the, the green to the fairway was just like this blend. And if you came up just barely short at all, you were just rolling all the way down into like the water or some waste collection area. It seemed like more oftentimes it seemed like water. Um, but it was it made it a lot harder because for me, I play such a high ball flight that I almost had to play everything past the pin. Otherwise, it would just roll and come down short on every hole. But incredible course. It was beautiful. The entrance was amazing. The clubhouse was amazing. So if you're ever down there and you have a chance to play it, um, the gold course is only open to the public like two days a week, I believe. So you kind of have to plan accordingly for that. But I will say that it was right up there with like Wikopa. It might have even been better than Wikopa just because I, I love the water and Wikopa was so dry. And obviously in Florida, they have a, a good amount of water. So it was, I might have to say it was the best course I've ever played. Wow. Wow. It was, it's just, it's, they have such a competitive advantage to us in Michigan. I won't say that it was the most scenic course I've ever played. Like I would say that Arcadia is the bluffs course is more like beautiful or like scenic than the Tiburon course in Naples, but that course, the greens and just the shape of the fairway, the grass, everything was perfect because they can just maintain it all year long. So mm. that sounds awesome. So, yeah, so it was it was an experience. I I lo I loved Naples. I know that you spent time in Naples. Uh, very cool area. I can see why so many people um, head down there for the winter time. So, big fan. Highly recommend. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious. Actually, segueing this into to your personal golf because you've played golf now in Florida, Arizona, and Hawaii. Mm. So where does Hawaii rank for your? We'll call it like tropical or hot weather golf. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question, and that's something I would I would probably have to think about. Uh, I, I mean I I really enjoyed my time. Uh, so it's been it's been a while now. It's been probably about a month. We got back just about a month ago. Um, so we were there for ten days, and I played thirty six holes, and then I rode with Mac. Uh, he just wanted to play nine holes, so I brought a few of his clubs along. So we so ended up. Uh, playing slash riding 45 holes. Um, the, like the fourth or fifth day we were there, I'm like, I, my days are all mixed up uh, on vacation island time. But 
the fourth or fifth day we played, uh, Colin Mack and I played 18 holes at the local country club in Kona. Uh, it was the town and, and it was on the big island of Hawaii. Um, that was, uh, very cool. That was like a very, I would say, uh, it was open to the public and I would say it was very middle of the road. I think we paid, I want to say it was like 125 and I felt like that was a good price. Uh, there were some really good views, a couple holes that were right along the ocean, uh, which I'm a big star. You, you give me, you give me a big body of water and you put it near a golf course. I'm going to enjoy it. And then you just give me a few up high views. Uh, I'm going to enjoy that too. So, uh, overall conditions were fine. Um, I wouldn't say they were like a plus by any means, but once again, for what we were paying, um, I felt like it was pretty good. I had this, I, I had this, uh, maybe it was a stereotype that I created in my own brain that it was just going to be very expensive to play golf there. Um, and I did not necessarily feel that way. Um, at, at Kona country club, it was fairly affordable and, and I, I had a blast there. And then um, the day before the wedding, um, we played 18 holes at a course called Kukuyo uh, Kukuya Kukuyo Country Club. Kuki, no, Kukio. Sorry, Kukio uh, Kukio Golf Club. I think is what the actual name was. Uh, this place was um, straight out of like a uh, movie. I don't. I don't really don't even know what the proper term there would be. It was uh, extravagant. Like I felt, I felt very out of place. Um, did not belong there in any any sense of, of the word. Um, the second that I saw that they had, it's like one of those all inclusive places. So pretty much anything that you would want or need from food or drink was included and was like available on the range, as well as there were um, multiple comfort stations on the golf course, which had like all of like the top shelf of alcohol and food and drinks and, and snacks and, and fridge, fridge snacks. It was a little out of control. And then the golf course was very, very nice. Uh, not along the water. It was up kind of on the mountainside, but it, so it really allowed for, it allowed for views of the ocean on like every single hole. So you kind of went up and down the mountainside um, and the contrast between the very, very lush green, very, very well manicured grass and the black lava rock was very cool to see. Um, so that place was, that probably wasn't the, the best golf course. That was the best experience I've ever had. I mean, I was just like, I was a little kid in a cane shop. That was, it was very, 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 very cool. Um, I think I probably played, maybe play better golf courses, but as far as the overall experience, that was like second to none. The second that there was, I saw a Pro V1 uh, range balls, and I knew I was in for a treat, and I was not disappointed. They had you at the range balls. They did, absolutely. And then they, um, they which I'm a sucker for too, they, have, they had little, uh, on the potting green, little pyramids of three, kind of scattered out properly throughout and there was just they had like two range attendants um no tip a no tip club which always kind of just feels like that just when you know i just i just wonder what those employers are getting paid to not take tips yeah sounds like a classy establishment uh very very ritzy way above way above my pay grade i was very i was very thankful to be able to play it 
Uh, I love it. But yeah, it was yeah. very cool. That sounds uh, that sounds incredible. That when I, I saw a picture you sent of the Black Rocks, and that's what I imagined Hawaii golf would be like. Um, that that's a bucket lister is to play golf on Hawaii for just about any golfer. So that's awesome that you got to got to play while you were there. Yeah, and I was actually really surprised how um, how affordable it is to travel with your clubs. Like I only paid it was thirty dollars each way. Um, to get them to and from Hawaii. I didn't have any issues with any broken clubs, knock on wood, that has, hasn't happened yet. Um, but so, I, yeah, it, it wasn't, it's not for only, for $60, I, I've, I value having my own clubs, and that's probably about what you'd pay for one round of rental clubs, even though it seems like rental clubs have gotten really nice these days. Like, you can you can pay 65 70 bucks for a rental club, and they're usually, like, this year's model uh, demo clubs. So that's always an option, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I loved it. I, the, I didn't mention it was so windy that second day we played. It was 45, 45 mile an hour wind consistent. And it took me until like hole 10. I finally just started to play the wind and I was sending the ball 30, 40 yards left off the tee. And it was just like watching it like boomerang back towards the middle. It was <laughs> so windy. So that was, that definitely added to it. Um, made it very challenging. I feel like I, I played my ass off and I shot 78, 79. I was fighting out there, battling. Oh yeah. Yeah. Off season's always tough. I was, I was battling the swing, some yips that we didn't even really, we were just kind of messing around, but hey, speak for yourself. I'm there's, the... there's, there's a, there's simulators available to you. I've, I, I can't call it an off season. I, I won't let you say that about me. I've been going to the simulator a couple times a week. You have a simulator available to you. You might have an off season, but I don't. There's still the mental side of golf, though. It's different when you're hitting into a screen. Any chump can hit off a mat. That's true, as as I say. <laughs> but I, on your your comments on traveling with golf or clubs, I've I've traveled with mine now probably like half a dozen times in the last year. I've never had an issue. I know I've screamed it at the mountaintops, but the air tag is absolutely essential for traveling with the clubs. But yeah, I mean, for what you pay for a rental, I would so much rather have my own bag. The one thing that I will say that is unfortunate, I don't know if you've looked into this much, but you can buy travel bags that are like legit full hard cases, like the whole length of it from the bottom to the top, hard case, locks, like super, super nice. I would have no worries at all. Like I think you could throw that off of the Empire State Building and your clubs would be <laughs> fine, but they are way too expensive. Yeah. And then you also, you that, that costs a lot of weight that the hard case is going to, is going to, I like when we went to Hawaii, we stuffed my travel bag there. I mean, you could have lived out of the travel bag with all the shoes so, and tennis, tennis rackets and stuff like that. that were in there. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because, um, oh, and I was going to say Southwest. I, I flew my clubs down for free with Southwest. Southwest will fly golf clubs for free. So well, for people who, uh, look into that, but, uh, um, I actually found out from someone who works at the airport, and I don't know if this was maybe just I caught a, a, a mean airport person on the wrong day, but they told me that you're actually not allowed to stuff your golf carry-ons with anything besides your golf bags, your golf bag. So, like, you can't put your – you're not supposed to put clothes in there, technically, which I think is stupid. I, I did it even on this last time. I didn't have any issues with it. But I think from what I've been told that technically – interesting. You, you catch the wrong guy and they'll they'll screw you over and make you take it out. Yeah, well, we had the going from Detroit to Hawaii, we had the car seat in the bottom. We had, 
there was a lot of stuff in this travel bag. We had the car seat in the travel bag, and that's How what does that work. It's just the booster seat, so just like the the butt part, oh, um, and it kind of fit. It kind of fit nicely at the bottom. But we were, we were uh, united. We were a pound and a half over, and they made us take stuff out. And then shout out to a or shout out to Hawaiian Airlines. I was like holding the bag up with my fingers, and that thing was like hovering around fifty one, fifty and a half, and she she let it slide. So big shout, big shout out to that that gate agent uh because that would have that was right in the process that was right after i figured out that i had left alex's nike shoes in the rental car which was a mile away from where i currently was and our plane was boarding in 30 minutes oh no that sounds so i i I think about that lady often i'm very thankful for that lady well shout out to that lady (laughs) hawaiian airlines so that's uh i think my my takeaway is between it not being that expensive to fly your golf clubs, and I feel like you pick the right time of year, it's always nice to get away from this place for a little bit, just a week or so, and maybe less than that. And I don't know how far, I think you're lucky. And if it's like the right time of year, maybe not now without this, this winter storm that's kind of come through the whole country, but you wouldn't have to drive that far south to play golf. No. Or, or fly Indiana's that far not south. that far. No. No, but I, I so as a, on your the point I, as I'm getting older, I've become such a big spring break. Like, I'm such a fan of spring break. I think it's such a nice thing to have a trip when you live up here in the cold Midwest to know that you're going somewhere warm. Just gives you something to look forward to. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of my thought. So plan plan your spring breaks, everyone. Go go put, hit some golf balls this spring. Yeah. Absolutely. Any any other uh, any other takeaways from the Sony or look aheads to the the Amex worth mentioning? No, I think that's uh, I think that's about all I got. All right. Well, good luck with your picks. Take uh, Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin, Siwoo Kim, top twenties plus two ten, free money, free money. Sung JM, Tom Kim, any four of them. I yep. think all of them. I think we yeah. got some good value this week. Love it. Get some get some uh, bankroll for the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Love you guys. Talk to you. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody.